everybody and welcome to another episode of Two Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we haven't seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Brantley. And I'm Albert. And today we are kicking things off with a short one. You 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 dominated for like two whole episodes with an entire <laughs> oeuvre of, of movies. This is two sentences. And we're going to start off talking about The Dark from 1979. Like The Darkness? Like the comic slash video game series? Not the darkness, just the dark. Like Darkiplier, the internet personality's alter ego. I didn't know that was a thing, but sure, that's that, that probably is who it's about. Because the first sentence of this description is: Los Angeles is being stalked by a seven-foot killer who decapitates its victims and shoots laser beams from its eyes. Superman. <laughs> maybe so we've got los angeles the entire city being stalked by a seven foot killer who decapitates his victims and shoots laser beams from its eyes now i don't know why he has to decapitate people if he can shoot laser beams from his eyes because it's about loving what you do al oh yeah you know it's like we were talking about those uh hometown serial killers you have to actually do it with pride if you can just shoot laser beams you're just a monster Everybody made fun of them in serial killer school for having the easy out. Like, oh, yeah, well, you just shoot laser beams from your eyes. Well, I mean, but it's like said, the Predator, right? He's got the plasma caster on his shoulder. He can just, or he's got a nuke in the ship and he just blow things up. But no, he wants to stab a dude. Well, I have to read the second sentence here. It's not as good okay. as the first sec- sentence. Yes, it's not as good as the first sentence with the seven foot laser beam shooting killer. But the father of its first victim teams up with a TV reporter, a rival detective, and a psychic to track the mangler down before it claims its next victim. This is almost like a superhero team-up story, except slightly, like, grittier. Oh, oh, it's like um the, the third the Unbreakable movie, Glass. Okay. Kind of. It's like the, the, there's a detective, okay, that's not, that's kind of a superpower, right? A TV reporter, she has the power of journalism, and then the psychic, who actually does have the superpower. So it's Batman, Lois Lane, and Miss Cleo. Who's the rival detective? Dick Grayson. Okay, okay. Or Matt Murdock. (laughs) Perry Mason. There you go. It's a lawyer. You guys can't park there. The fines are much lower on the other side of town. Anyway, that is all I have for the dark from 1979. Next up, we have the fun house from 1981. The teenager, Amy Harper. The only one. (laughs) That's the only one. She dates Buzz Dawson, who has to be in his 20s or 12. Either way, it's gross. Yes. She could be 19. Why aren't 19-year-olds still teenagers? They have teen on the end. Because they're legally an adult. But they're still teenagers. Totally yes, that is factually correct. But you also don't think of like a 13-year-old as a teenager. I don't. I absolutely do. No, I think if it well, has teen on the end, it should be a teenager. This yes, is my premise. Technically correct. Which is not always the best kind of correct. She dates Buzz Dawson for the first time. Sounds like he's going to become an astronaut. And they go to the carnival with their friends, Richie and Liz. They smoke grass and have a good 
dash time. I don't know why this person thought that good time needed to be the one word, but okay. A good time visiting the attractions, including a sideshow with freak animals. The Silly Richie suggests the group to spend the night in the funhouse for fun. That's that is pretty silly. I don't I don't know how you that's not gonna be that fun, man. You're just gonna be like because well, maybe they have more weed, right? Maybe this is just like a let's say I mean they're really high when they decide this, yes. But you're gonna be in the munchies and there's no food there. Well, maybe there will be. Let's keep reading. During the night, they visit the murder of the fortune teller, Madame Zena, by a man wearing a mask of Frankenstein from an opening in the ceiling of a room. Okay. So okay. they're up there and look down and see the murder? Oh, that prob- that makes more sense, Brantley. But in my <laughs> mind, I thought the murder was happening from the ceiling in the room. And they were like Spider-Man up there murdered her and then vanished. Or he was wearing wearing a Frankenstein mask. The prepositional phrase from an opening in the ceiling of a room could apply to wearing a mask of Frankenstein, the murder, or they witness. I think it's they witness, because that makes the most logical sense, but who knows? I don't know how you would be wearing a mask of Frankenstein from the opening of a ceiling in a room. I mean, maybe that's where he found it, but that doesn't seem like it would be helpful as a, like, a description. It's a very low ceiling. He heard them see him, and he just grabbed it from above the ceiling. I do like this idea of wearing the Frankenstein mask. I think a lot about how many of the iconic slasher villains wear masks. And yet, there aren't that many masks that you can wear that look creepy. Um, so you have... I mean, they don't even... The only one who has a really creepy mask would be Leatherface, and that's because his mask is another person's face. Um, I think that Basically the... just has a hockey mask. Right. Freddy doesn't have a mask, he's just... Freddy just is, is a burden victim. Michael Myers has a William Shatner mask painted white. I think that that one is creepy. I would argue, now maybe it's just because of context and we've like come to see it as creepy, but I think that that one is legitimately creepy. But yeah, unless you're wearing the person's face that one time. But the idea of wearing a Frankenstein mask, especially if it's like a, I'm trying to think if it'd be better to go like super realistic with the mask or if it's better to have like a child's very cartoony plastic iteration of the mask, but really beat up and you're killing people i think the second one because the first one's just kind of like a zombie mask yeah maybe with staples in it they decide to leave the fun house because the murder (laughs) yes but they find all the exits locked i like the phrasing they decide to leave like there was enough bait (laughs) (laughs) no they flee (laughs) it's not like they freak out and run away you know, guys, let's let's sit down and weigh our options here. Now, we have just seen a murder of the fortune teller, Madame Zena, by a man wearing a mask of Frankenstein from an opening in the ceiling of a room. What should we do? Now, well, he come Richie, get us. silly Richie, give me your <laughs> suggestions. You've just suggested we spend the night here. We, do, we don't want to pop your bubble, so <laughs> going to go with you. your shindig, man. The teenager, Amy Harper, we know you're stupid because you're a teenager, but what do you have to say? Buzz, you're like 43. What is your thoughts? 
Liz is just over in the in the in the corner smoking a cigarette. She has no okay. signed character traits. We have nothing to do about their personality. I feel like she's incredibly aloof. <laughs> Meanwhile, which is weird, I guess. I guess Richie legitimately wasn't down for leaving, even after the murder. He's stumbling down on the on the staying in there because mean, it says. Meanwhile, Richie sneaks in the room and steals the money of the manager of the place. Who is not the murder victim? No, but it's the probably ma- the murder. Well, we don't know. So there's fortune teller Madame Zena, but they're in the freak show funhouse. So uh I- I'm just really just baffled by Richie's sense of priorities here. I mean, we made fun of the idea that they decide, right? That that verb right. choice is weak. But you guys just saw somebody get killed. They're Stop probably it. Probably still high. You so think decision making probably not the best. I guess. I mean, obviously not. Obviously, he's doing really stupid stuff. But it's. I mean, a, he decided to spend the night in a funhouse. So yeah, clearly. <laughs> it's an odd. It's an odd turn of events. Mm-hmm. The masked man returns with his father. And owner of the funhouse to show the corpse of Madame Zena. I made this for you, Dad. Are you proud? I guess. Or he's showing his dad to the corpse of Madame Zena. Again, this is one of those issues where the sentence construction isn't super clear. Cadaver, this is my father. <laughs> I mean, she's a psychic or... Uh, not a psychic. What is she? A fortune teller. Maybe she's got a force ghost thing going on. She's just floating above her body. Angry. So he's here looking at the woman that his son has murdered, but... When the man realizes that he had been robbed, he presses his son that removes the mask and shows his horrible face. Is there like a button that he pushes? It's like, like Iron Man swoops up. <laughs> I'm disappointed that this guy has a horrible face. Right? He is Freddy Krueger, but he's decided to wear a scary monster mask on top of the face. I get why both in story and like for practical reasons, because if you have him wear the Frankenstein mask, you don't have to do the makeup on the face for the whole movie. And then if it's the cartoony, like children-y Frankenstein, then you have where it's like, okay, it's like the ironic colorful face with the evil, horrible murder. And then oh, actual that. Face after that. Yeah, that's great. Richie startles. And drops his lighter in the room. That's how they smoke the weed. Come on, man. This, you know, they explain these things. <laughs> yes. Or the audience will always wonder how they lift the joints. The owner asks his freak son to chase the thieves and eyewitnesses in a night of terror for the teenagers. So all of this was basically just a long setup well, for yeah. them to be able to be chased around the fun house. Probably the masked killer slash freak show guy is going to use the different elements of the fun house against them there's going to be a hall of mirrors there has to be a hall of mirrors there's going to there's going to be a moment where they 
see something with the mask on and they're afraid, but then it's actually a wax thing of Frankenstein. And then the camera whip pans to him actually standing there either with mask or without. You think there's um, going to be, you know, those like uh, the funhouse mirrors that are warped and he's going to yeah. be standing at one where he looks just normal somehow because of the mirror. <laughs> they're going to have the comedy gags. <laughs> it's going to, it's turned, it's an episode of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. It legitimately is. I mean, or you can have it be like, this is the first time he's in there and he has like a very touching moment where he looks normal himself and then sees them and gets enraged. I like the twist of, like, I'm imagining now that this is a Scooby-Doo mystery and I like the inversion of the person at the end, say, you know, taking their mask off and saying I would have gotten away with it, except under the mask is something even more horrifying. They kind of did that gag with the zombie island. Fred tries to unmask when the zombies keeps insisting who it would be, and then eventually just rips off the zombie's head and then panics. Is this in the new ones where there's actually supernatural stuff happening and it's not always something uh, that can be explained? No, that's in the uh, the Zombie Island movie. Okay. Um, I don't think they have... I mean, they have actual supernatural things in Mr. Incorporated, including Cthulhu Monster that possesses a parent. Why? Because it's awesome. What? Isn't Cthulhu enough? Because it's a ghost alien Cthulhu monster that has to merge with a parrot to have a physical body. It's complicated. <laughs> okay. That's well, also why Scooby can talk, by the way. Because he's possessed? No, because all the talking animals in that version of the universe are descended from animals that got possessed by these Cthulhu things. Man, Scooby Doo got weird. This is like that uh, Riverdale reboot of Archie. Where they're like, but what if serious, kind of. Anyway, we're going to finish things up today by talking about Eaten Alive from 1976. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like this. You don't like this? It's better involved cannibals than not monsters. Wait, why? What's your problem here? This is too close to one of my phobias, but proceed. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that before we go in? I have a phobia of parasites, basically especially skin ones and being eaten alive through that just really bothered oh, me. Oh, like, like the old, uh, there is an execution method where they would like tie you, like tie two boats together, like opening to opening and people inside of them. And then where they like would get ants to go in there and devour them, that kind of a thing. Well, I didn't know that was a thing. So thank you for oh. that. I'm just, I thought that was what your reference was. That was, that was the way that people would used to kill their really bad enemies that they didn't like. Anyway, that's not going to happen in this one. I'll, I'll spoil that right ahead. Judd runs the Starlight Hotel out in some sort of swampy place. <laughs> Judd never heard the maxim of real estate location, location, location. <laughs> I also uh, love that it's just a swampy place. Like, they don't ever go into it, and nobody has a discernible accent. I mean, it's one of those things where, from movie perspective, you get it. It's like, well, we want to have a creepy atmosphere. I don't know, some sort of swampy place. Like, his name's Judd, but he speaks with a British accent for some reason, and nobody explains. I doubt that that's the case, but <laughs> I do want to live in you, live with you in this reality, Brantley. <sighs> okay. So he runs the Starlight Hotel and is unfortunately a few slices short of a loaf. I don't think that's how that works. 
if you just take a few slices out, you still have a short. It's just a shorter loaf, isn't it? No, if you don't, not if you take out the end piece. Okay. Well, those are the best ones. It depends what you're eating. That's true. He has a crocodile conveniently placed on the other side of the hotel's front porch railing. Never leaves. Yeah. Also, I I question. I question conveniently. I mean, I guess it's convenient for, as we're going to find out, he's going to feed people to this crocodile. But as it stands right now, with only this information, it's I would like assume stuffed as a mascot. Oh, okay. No, it's a real living crocodile, and I don't oh. know what's how it's convenient at all for this crocodile to be out on the front porch railing. The croc will eat just about anything, as the hapless guests of the hotel find out soon enough. A reformed hooker, an unlucky family, and the father and sister of the hooker all suffer various rates of attrition as Judd tries to implement damage control. That feels like a weird way to enter, a weird order to introduce those people. I have read a few other descriptions of this movie and i happen to know that the hooker is this woman who was sort of very recently into prostitution and had realized oh this is not for me i will not enjoy this having people pay me for sex and so she's gotten kicked out of her brothel okay and she's on her way out of town and stops at some sort of swampy place where there just happens to be a starlight hotel and Judd finds out that she's a prostitute and murders her. And then they do the psycho follow-up where the relatives come to look for her. Ah. So that's where the father and the sister of the hooker come in. The unlucky family, I think are just other people who also happen to be live living at the hotel or staying at the hotel momentarily because he's a few slices short of a loaf and he's got to kill he's also got to run his hotel the crocodile that eats your victims i don't know if that's functionally as helpful as you might think especially if it's only one depends on the size yeah i guess i'm I'm imagining this movie did not have the budget for a big one but i always i always imagine that these movies are gonna be like way way low budget and they might not be they might have put some effort I mean, in. This made? 1976 okay so it probably had puppets so you can do these size crocodile from egypt i i'm looking at a screenshot here it could be real judd also has a sickle in the poster art for the movie and it's pretty boss looking i gotta say you think that's actually in the movie that he uses a sickle? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes movie posters lie, Albert. Yeah, but it's a sickle. It, it wouldn't cost that much for it to be in the film. I, I have a still here I'm looking at right now. He, he definitely has it. Okay. I know looking at the screenshots is cheating a little bit, but I want to find out about this alligator. It's sad. I cannot tell from the stills I'm looking at if the alligator is a puppet or real it's definitely full size i'm seeing it in the same shot with the actor so i'm gonna assume puppet but that is it 
that is all we have time for today thank you guys so much for listening i hope that you enjoyed it if you did you should tell a friend about us subscribe if you have not done that already so that you can continue to get these episodes when they come out our release schedule is a little bit uneven because of our busy schedules but we love doing this and we are going to continue as long as we possibly can we will see you guys next time with another episode of too weird didn't watch bye guys bye